This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, Welcome joy, to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. Are you watching the Olympics? No, but I woke up this morning to, oh no, the other morning it would have been to see news of a gold medal, and apparently it's our first ever winter gold medal. Yay! And kind of, kind of a Dunedin local, if you include Wanaka as Dunedin. Of course we do. <laughs> Good enough. And who are we introducing today? It is my great pleasure to introduce broadcast journalist, musician and raconteur, Daryl Bazer. Welcome, Daryl. Thank you for joining us today. Kia ora. Uh, thanks for having me. Kia ora, Daryl. Where are you, Daryl? I'm in um, what I like to refer to as the upper ghetto, uh, Kenmuir, indeed. We've been asking people how they're their bubble life was and of course then we had to start referring to it as their traffic light so how is your bubble traffic light going um my bubble traffic light is going a lot like it was um all the way through uh, the pandemic being um being in journalism you don't stop you i've got a little thing on my car that says um, essential worker uh, a colleague of mine at the odt um did a simpsons meme on her, on her facebook with um little ralph i'm essential Every journalist around the nation go, yeah. Um, <laughs> or maybe not, but as campus. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I worked through. Um, uh, the boy's mum, who I share custody with, has, a, uh, has a, a job in healthcare. And um, so basically, we worked through and juggled it. And it's, you know, but um, yeah, but you just, you, you wouldn't stop. Um, in terms of um, uh, the level, the red level bubble, um, going to work, walk into the building, the mask is on, the mask stays on all day. And some of our young, one of my young colleagues there, having a bit of a moan on day two, we're going to wear a mask all day. I said, bro, my mum gave up, my, my, my mum grew up in World War II, where basically she's at 13 schools by the time she was 12, um, including a school in Wales, where she only had a Sydney English lesson. And they would be running from bombs, wearing gas masks in class. So we're pretty lucky, really. If you put it in that perspective, it's been almost nothing. So how was, is. so how was telling the stories during the, the the lockdowns, did it did it change how not not change how you were working, but did it change the sort of stories you were telling? Well, COVID was the only story, and basically yes. it happened reacted. Um, and so uh, myself and um, uh, Channel Thirty Nine um, or Southern Television producer Luke Chapman muscled on through, and because we at Channel Thirty Nine uh, have a a nightly bulletin in the South today, um, we we were given the option of going home and you know, having a rest for a couple of months or muscling through and um, making it work and neither him nor our work shy so we chose to make, make it work it was just uh, the days the, the lockdown times we set up Zooms 
and so we're zooming all over the place um, and recording them and putting them as part of a news package. Just make it because news doesn't stop when things like this happen. In some ways, it gets more intense. So you just you find the ways you you make it work because there's no rock, there's no alternative. In my opinion, you know, you, know, you you don't lay over and die and quit. You make it work. And did the the stories wouldn't have come quite so packaged. You know, you weren't you, we weren't getting sort of press releases from companies and things because that kind of stuff would have stopped. You had the one pm stuff to to give you a sequence, but what did the like? What was the story flow like? Um, constricted and slow, and yeah, yeah, but um, it put an end to journalism, journalism for a while, uh, as in where you get the press kit and you chin it out. Yeah. So lo- I, I was I loved that. Like um, yes, I can rewrite a press kit and make a news story out of it, like any other journalist. But it was actually refreshing to have to think on your feet more and and you know and go right. Okay, this is our main story. How do we, what are our sub angles? How can we make it work? And did the, so you carried on working. What, what was it like when, you know, when, when other people started working again? And, and, and for you, it was a, oh, yeah, we're still here. It was interesting. Um, it was neat um, covering the stories of people who were returning to work and how their lockdown, lockdown had been. But um, excuse me, in terms of the newsroom starting again um, or ramping back up, it was interesting. There were people coming in and they were scared of, you know, oh, you've been working here unmasked all this time? Well, yeah. Me and Luke were the only two people here <laughs> just making it work. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, uh, I got to take the foot off the gas for a bit, which is quite nice. I got to go, hey, there's actually a team again. I can delegate stuff to other people. <laughs> other people can pick up other jobs. I can go, right. Did you ever get to the point when you didn't have the resources of going on air and saying, right, we've just got half an hour to fill? Let me tell you a story um, about about my laundry. Are you seen company? Here's a nice book. There's <laughs> <laughs> a book I'm reading for my fiance. Um, we, um, I think, uh, my uh, the South Today's news producer um, or director of video news at the ODT, um, Dave Goosley, uh, has done the stats on um, on how he did over over over, um, over lockdown. He, he wasn't on board at that time. And he said, I think our shortest bulletin was seven and a half, eight minutes. And so we, we were given, you know, carte blanche to basically do what we can. And so there were some shorter bulletins, but we were still doing what we could to inform viewers. And what's the mood like now? Um, it's interesting. Um, the, like, like many, like organisations all across the country, um, there are, there are groups and hubs like, um, yeah, so there are protocols in place to make sure this group doesn't picture this group. And there's, you know, non-contact handovers like at the back, at the bottom of the stairs now at the ODT. There's an inbox and an outbox, so uh, and stuff sits there and waits, and it gets, you know, taken away. So if someone needs, a, if someone needs a camera, like a, a long lens, illustrations caps, or have it in the in the outbox for uh, for another camera for to pick up. Just yeah, common sense. Uh, Allied Press have put some really good protocols in place to make sure you know everything keeps flowing, everyone's safe, as safe as you can be. Yeah, and that. Around the country, there was a a realization about the importance of people's jobs. You're, you're talking about how, you know, as a journalist, being essential. Mm. It's lots of people have been been surprised by that. When you, what do you mean, my job's not essential? But yeah. why am I doing this thing? Not that I'm begging Merton back as Yeah. So. No, it's interesting. Um, so the lockdown was also a chance to write some music? Very much so. Um, yeah. I, I, I tend to write a lot 
um, I'm in a writing phase at present. Um, during lockdown, way back in the day, I um, lockdown seems like back in the day. No. Yeah. <laughs> but my inner broadcast journalist is taking over. I'm seeing my my shot in this, and I've got too much headroom. It's like <laughs> if I was showing this myself, I'd be going, "Oh, you can do better than that." <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's about the right headroom. The better interview shot. Anyway, um. Yeah, uh, a, a friend from Campbell Neal is a, a noise musician and um, uh, works with a lot of uh, creatives and who do you know, free sound. He put out a challenge to record um, inspiration from lockdown. Um, so I, when it was so quiet, I went for a walk. Um, in the first lockdown, it was warm enough here to wear jandals, which I like doing being from Gisborne. Um, and I walked around um, my neighbourhood uh, in jandals and recorded the sounds I heard. Um, kids playing, no cars. Um, and just you can hear families having fun, just hanging out, bird song, and all the way through is this of my jams. <laughs> and so I set um I had a, an old song of mine in my head, and um when I got when I got back home after like a twenty minute walk, I compiled uh, the the audio I gained and um and submitted it to Campbell's and Noise Pick, uh, eight and a half minutes of um of basically <laughs> the sounds of the suburb and the song came floating out of it. It was quite. I recorded the version of the song in time with my genital as, as a metronome. Yeah, but yeah, creativity. You have, you have, you have, you have time to be more, more time to be allegedly more. Was there a point in the in the song where you tripped over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, no. <laughs> different um, but so I do it out. I'm going uphill and delicate. <laughs> <sighs> Done a lap post. Thank you. Funny, funny. I'd have harbour swims. I'd be fitter. <laughs> so we're going to play some music today. Nice. What are you playing first? Um, well, so in a creative, so it's been um, in a, as I say, in a creative um, thing. Um, I yeah have a reasonably new relationship. Um, I say new, about a year old, um, and I had the very good sense to um, uh, propose to this lady um, whose name is Briar. She's awesome. Um, uh, gosh, about three or four months ago now. Um, um and yeah so um and so i've been I, people who have known my music for years um i've not been the happiest of songs um <laughs> I, I write to write to I, I write to express things and to express emotions and if all your feelings down are emotions um your music's not going to be very cheerful um but then when you're um when you've found your missing puzzle piece your soulmate you get happy and uh, everything else becomes a as this song is called background noise I totally introduced myself. How, how was that? You did very well. <laughs> One try. Uh, a song called um, Background Noise. All I want is to be with you. Walking hand in hand. Barefoot on sand. There's so much in our way, a tyranny of distance, and so much feeling. You are a perfect spring blossom, amidst an out-of-focus background. No amount of background noise 
make me lose focus on you. Every night falls another day closer to you. Every morning we sweep away the background noise. All I want is to be with you, walking hand in hand, barefoot on sand. There's so much in our way, a tyranny of distance, and so much feeling. You are a perfect spring blossom Amidst an out-of-focus background No amount of background noise Could make me lose focus on us too You're right. That Not is a <laughs> that is a change to your usual. <laughs> no, but um, my, a good friend of mine, Paul Allen, who I write a lot of music with, um, but, but we play together a lot. Um, he said, "I never thought I'd ever hear you use the words you're a perfect spring blossom in a song.'" <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, "Yeah, that's cool. it's um, it, the song was written in spring. I've got a cherry uh, a cherry plum tree in the front yard." Um, and it's spring blossoms are out. I took a photo. It was a close-up. Thinking prior, but there's a comparison here. And you've put all of those together into an album. Yeah, um, yes, yeah, a lovingly titled song, uh, "Voicemails to My Fiance." So basically, um, we live in separate cities. Um, hence the lyric "Tyranny of Distance." Um, and yes, I, I've clocked up the miles between. <laughs> it's been a little crushing for me a bit, and um, and and so she, she's um, come out a few, a few times and. And hung out, and I've introduced her to someone, <laughs> some music. She's a very a pop music fan, a huge um, uh, six and um, LAB, um, yeah, very commercial music fan, and it's um, and it's it's, it's a nice. Uh, I've introduced her to uh, um, the musician friends who make you know, write songs, and a few other bands and stuff. She's gone, why have I heard of these people? They're not on major labels, so you know, they just make music. And I'll tell you, so voicemails is a series of um, uh, nine songs uh, which were all inspired by Bright. And um, so I would send me, like, a, this is the book we're uh, currently reading to her while she reads me the Hunger Games series. <laughs> which is really, really, and so I, I, I watched the first movie like once when it first came out and went, wow, brutal. Um, and now we're on book two. And I was like, oh, my God, that's harsh. So, um, yeah, if people complain about wearing masks at work, try being a child. 
you know, bred into him fighting to the death. That's pretty mean. Anyway, Sammy Boy Stars is a, a, a nine song love song, a nine love song album uh, recorded on the phone I'm presently looking into. Um, and then I put it into a program for Audacity, uh, duplicated the tracks, split the initial audio left and right on a hard pan, uh, boosted the right hand side because I needed it, and made and on my third duplication had a reverb track and just mixed pure rough mix and bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom, and there's a whole album there. Indeed, <laughs> an album of mostly up tempo love songs, which for me is, um, yeah, not commonplace. <laughs> Do you think it'll stick? Uh, uh, like super glue and fingers in a bad experiment. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, hey, it works. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, koutou hau. Hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. I really hope, wherever you are, and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique, and here making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us, for the last more than two years we've had to deal with being in the midst of a global pandemic together and this of course has been very stressful and it's so important that at all times we remember that we require compassion we require support we require communication we require all these things in order for us to feel supported and so does every single other person in the whole infinite universe And of course, not only our fellow human animals, but all life is requiring support at this time, and indeed at all times. Now, I know that for all of us, we're having to navigate new ways of doing, being, seeing, feeling. And here I am talking to you. I'm striding about getting ready to be filmed for a TV show, The Bug Hunter, at my heart's home, Orokunui Eco Sanctuary today. I'm very excited. And it will be wonderful. And of course, despite the many changes that have had to take place, we're still able to go ahead with the filming today, which is a great triumph. And of course, everybody is very happy. So in the past, whereas perhaps things may have been taken for granted, we can be grateful for opportunities to really appreciate when things are able to go ahead and we're able to enjoy seeing plants come to fruition. As a species, of course, we are a spark of consciousness amidst an infinite universe that is conscious. And our consciousness affords us the capability to really enjoy with our five senses, our six senses, our many, many senses, each moment that unfolds. And that's my plan today, that despite the drizzly rain, despite the the changes that have had to take place to our filming schedule, despite all the many things that could form opportunities for irritation, I instead am hurdling over these and leaping over these 
and there'll be opportunities for presence instead. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Daryl Baser. Hi. Daryl, um, on the subject of positivity, speaking of Tahu and her awesome positive uh, view on the world, how do you maintain a positive view in the face of so much negativity? Like, if you ever look at what's happening in the world at the moment, it'd be pretty easy as a journalist telling those stories to get bogged down in the suffering. How do you keep yourself up and not become a victim of that? It's a choice. It's a simple, simple choice. Um, a song of mine I wrote a while back, um, we'll appear on the next, another album uh, called Stick Around. Um, my dad was a, a depressive, not a man depressive, just a straight depressive. Uh, he took his own life when I was 20. Um, after threatening to do it my entire life, I grew up under, under the shadow of knowing that you know, he would do that one day. Um, when I was 10, I said, I won't use expletive I use, but um, yeah, I, I urged him to hurry and get on it. I was sick of hearing that. So for me, positivity is an easy choice. There's choosing to tackle stuff head on and being positive, or there's not, and the not is never an option. Do you, how do you deal with that in your work? Like, do you, I know I don't. I read the paper, and I especially I've stopped. I used to love reading the letters to the editor. Favorite thing of the newspaper was the read, letters to the editor. And I used to read the court news, and I don't know why it was just the habit to read the court news. And now I'm going to petition our local paper to stop publishing the court news. And I've stopped reading the letters to the editor. And I used to be like a contributor to that. And, and it's just so sad all the time. No one ever writes happy court news or happy letters to the editor. How do we get some happiness back into the newspaper? Um, that's a really good story. That's a, sorry, that's a really good question. Really good question. Um, that's one of the things I like working, um, what attracts me to, to local television down here, is that you can do positive stories. You can choose people who are doing good. And put this story out there. Yep, I've attended fatal accidents where children have been killed in car crashes, and it's horrendous. It was just horrible. But when you're reporting things like that, uh, like the South Eden floods in 2015, I was lucky enough to work, be having a. I had a short stint at RNZ down here um, for that, and um, I was thigh deep in sewage-infested water in, in South Eden, going looking, you know, walking among people's you know, lives and saying how you guys are doing and you know professional news here you, you, you your emotions are irrelevant so you don't have them you go away you process it later on much while you do it and i of course wrote a couple of songs um said with an eye roll <laughs> but at the time you are the conduit for people's stories there is no you you're almost like a, a, um like a mask like a um you have empathy because you're not an idiot um but you're um you're you're not a part of the story. Their story is important, and you tell that story. And in terms of positivity, um, yeah, there is uh, there is a great there's a dearth of, of positive news. Um, I've colleagues who go to um, to go to uh, photograph um, accident scenes get cussed at by people who've been in the accidents and, and, and challenged physically as well, um, and get called vultures with usually a bunch of experience in front of that. Um, and yet, those are the same people who will read it and click it and share it first on Facebook. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 
it is an interesting paradigm um, between paradigm paradox. Interesting paradox between the fact that we as humans tend to like more negative news than we do positive. It's more salacious and and um, and hard hitting and brutal. Um, I, I will not. There are certain stories I I see the headline. I won't. I will not read for my own sake. Um, child sexual abuse stories. Um, I find stories about rape tough because it's, you know, I have connections with that sort of thing. Um, I don't find mental health stuff tough because I've had an extensive history of it, like I'm Bano and yada, yada, yada. So it's, it, um, yeah, there's always, and it's, again, personal choice, there's always life. If you choose, it's a, uh, it's no surprise my oldest is named Harry. Um, growing from the, the, the Harry Potter books, the first books I enjoyed reading. Uh, being dyslexic, I don't read fun that much. But it's, um, so yeah, the, the, the Potter metaphor for me in this is um, happiness can always always be found if one only moves to turn on the light. Um, I think Dumbledore said that in the third book. That is, that's actually quite right. Exactly. It's a choice, isn't it? Turn the light on. Turn the light on. There's light there. There's always light. You choose to go see it. What led you, so there, there is just so much privilege in being the storyteller of other people's stories. What led you down that path? Why? Why did you choose it? That's my screenshot, that face right there. Um, <laughs> good question. Uh, I grew up around news. Um, uh, my dad was a lead type poster. Uh, he was um, illiterate. Um, he couldn't, um, he failed the 11 plus in the UK. Um, so we held, he had a, class, a room in a classroom by himself for a year. He went into the trade of compositing. Because a severely dyslexic boy, you put you teach him to read the hard way, so he could read better upside down and backwards than he could forwards. Um, so lead type is yeah. Uh, if you don't know what lead type compositing is, Google it. It's, it's a it's old school print journalism. And so I grew up running around the Gifford Hill um, when, when I was a kid, and um, I loved it. I loved this. I still love it. Despite being a broadcast journalist, I still love the smell of a fresh newspaper. I love the noise of a printing press. It's, well, I love noise anyway, but it's um, yeah. I, I I have friends who've written songs around printing presses because it's because uh, it's a, a solid chugging rhythm of the machine. Phenomenal. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it is a privilege. I um, I've always um felt privileged because um, yeah. I, so I did um, I wrote about music. Because I got when I got to, I dabbled in music writing as interviewing bands and stuff um, in my early twenties, and um, did some work for a Critic uh, as, as a music writer, and reviewing CDs and stuff. And I got into writing about music because, as a musician, I thought there was a bit of a gap in the market about people for people who are writing about. Like you always, you always you hear about your Adele's and your. Um, and in, in New Zealand, you hear about your six sixties, your LABs, and your Texas and stuff. And um, the people who are off echelon, they've got um, you know, corporate support. And there are so many strata of other musicians who are just who are bloody good musicians, equally as good, but never get the press. And so I was always, you know, how can I get these people some exposure? So I started writing about music. Um, got started, did a music con from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand twelve, the ADT, and um, and then. 2000, I was taken on at the ADT as an editorial dog's body. So the chief reporter sat here, I sat there, there. Um, I was the main conduit of news. You're on the news phone, you know, people ring up, I cut up a tree. 
what is that news? Oh, it's only got three legs. Well, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're the first point of call until you learn what a news story is. I did that for four years, went away and trained in broadcast journalism. And um, and uh, I, I was told, that, like, you know, I, I was given a trial to do it. I said, your writing's not quite up to it. Um, go away and train, come back, never got um, I went back and I said, well, you're trained in broadcast journalism with the, with the, with the folded arms and everything. And so I yeah, then got a job in uh, Channel 9, as it was in the time, uh, ran the newsroom for five years, and the rest is history, <laughs> in and out ever since. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, it's a privilege. I, I love it. I love just sticking my microphone in, some, in front of somebody saying, what's your story? You're talking about that three-legged cat up a tree, and I'll... <laughs> that's a, that's a, perhaps the perfect example of of is there a is there a sweet spot between that hard hitting that's sort of like taken seriously and good news. Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, which is the default answer for I have no idea how to answer that. <laughs> Don't choke on your copy. <laughs> My greatest achievement was about 11. I made a mate bring coffee out of his nose. Um, <laughs> uh, again, I'm now avoiding the question. Such a good question. Um, yeah, yep. There has to be. Um, in, in, in print, it's called a colour piece. Um, usually it's a big part. Oh, like um, the other day, the AT ran a story and we did a video the day after. Um, uh, what was his name? Guy who appeared uh, Fijian actor uh, based in Dunedin, and he. And this is the thing about having broadcast journalist memory is that um, if it happened yesterday, it's old, and so you don't remember things the day before. Uh, um, you know, the, 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 the color photo is that he works for a, a company here who who ship out portaloos and stuff, so. Peter McIntosh, skater, um, so I've got to jump out of a portal. It's a, a classic skater jumping shot. This guy, excuse me, and he acted in the Royal Treatment, um, uh, that movie that shot up at Larnox uh, Castle. That he, and so I interviewed him on camera, and it was so much fun. Like, so it's a colour story, but I managed to get the hard hitting bit in the end. I said, look, my default question for anyone interviewing is at the end of questions, you go, is there anything else blindly obvious I haven't asked you like to say? That's my stock standard. Last question ever, and he said, "Oh look, um, um, he said, you know, being a Fijian, he said one thing I love about this production is that the the casting and the directors made sure that a good representation of all cultures of Dunedin. Um, they went to um, they called Pipla Fisa, who's an amazing Wahine Tor, just an amazing lady, um, and um, yeah, and she had." Apparently, some type of heart hand is sort of casting, and so there's a lot of Pacific faces there. And he does beautiful answers. I'm interested to get them. Um, what, what was treated like is a, is a fluffy like story. I got an actual news angle into it of, of uh, that I thought was you know well. Again, I use I use my middle middle aged white privilege, for want of a better expression, <laughs> to get to get a, a story. I always felt I feel important to get in there. So. I've looked it up. Sayali Tanoka. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yes, yes. Yali is as as he, he commonly uses it, but um, uh, there's um, there's a front bit to that that he wasn't using the paper, 
that I use all the time. I ask them, I said, look, you know, for, again, when I'm interviewing someone, the first thing is, look, if I don't edit this, can I get your name, rank, and serial number, and spelling of your name, it's true. And he spelled it his whole first name, which I I like accuracy, like complete accuracy. Like if um, like if I didn't ask you how to spell your last name, uh, and it's um, Sam, and it, you know, and you were, it was with one N, not two. It's, you know, accuracy is really, really important. Let's take the second of your music choices that you're going to perform for us again. What are we having this time? God, okay. Um, well, I, I prepared nothing, so <laughs> <laughs> background was, was the first one that came to mind. Um, I mentioned the Jandals before. I'm a big fan of Jandals. Um, but you, you can take the boy to Gisborne, but uh, vice versa. Um, I'm going to actually adjust how I'm sitting because I'm bloody uncomfortable. And so this... Uh, Oh, that's even more uncomfortable. I'm not sitting side saddle. Um, so, um, there's not a cement in it. That's better. That's better. That's better. Um, so this is a song called Sandy Dandles. Um, uh, again, it's uh, another track on the um, on the uh, voice mask, my fiance album. And um, yeah, written about the same person. <laughs> And, um, yeah, uh, we're both fans of Jandals and Beaches. Um, if you see my Facebook, you can see why. So there's, um, the last time I was up in Christchurch, we, went, we were at Spencer Park. Um, and uh, Spencer, uh, Spencerville Beach is beautiful. It's uh, almost almost deserted most of the time. It's where um, uh, Razor, uh, the um, che- uh, oh, <laughs> Crusaders coach, takes him for conditioning and stuff. And there's a group of conditioning training. And last time we were there, I was like, oh, cool. Um, but yeah, so this is the song about uh, uh, getting sand on your genitals, or not. It's a bit deeper than I think. <laughs> Spend less time in bars 
when we finally meet and get time on our own. You'll meet your mind. Let's cling together like the magnetic sands of time. You'll meet your mind. Let's cling together like the magnetic sands of time. I'm picturing our tribes combined Sharing sandy quality time Three plus two equaling five Adding our wingmen Using rudimentary mathematics Using rudimentary mathematics Your bright and beat your mind I'm picturing us in 30 years time South Brighton or South of Ocean View I'm picturing time with just us two You'll meet your mind Let's think together like a magnetic stands of time You'll meet your mind Let's think together like a magnetic sands of time Let's cling together like Yay <laughs> Why thanks. Um thanks. Not, <laughs> not sure if you detected any um wincing in that. Um about three quarters of the way through I got amazing that burst of cramp in my right hip. <laughs> so adjust position again oh my lord that feels like the age it's just great but a true professional carries on through carries on and um yeah and also notice in the second chorus i messed up the chord change but maybe if you've heard it you go oh yeah, yeah. that's a different yeah, variation. that's a different variation yeah 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 he's augmenting that that's the pleasure yeah. of live music oh yeah yes to err is human and to screw up is the music or something like that Daryl, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? 
Well, I loved the PM's Be Kind mantra. Um, and unfortunately, there hasn't stuck. Uh, we, I got stuck in the process of anti-vaxxers yesterday uh, in Dunedin. Um, and the amount of hate, violent, horrible hate spewed out by these people is atrocious. They are not adulting at all. Um, right to protest, you know, fine, all good. You can protest, that's fine. You know, but having an American uh, Confederate flag really um and you know calling the prime minister a nazi really you know i just it seems that the keyboard warriors a year ago are now taking the streets and that's scary um like um the apostle brian tamaki's people um protesting outside schools and scaring children is absolutely abhorrent um i just yeah there is some society here i wish that the be kind um Barnoy would get through and would tell me what it would actually listen. And because yeah, I I, I, yeah, I have a slightly stiff left arm to get my booster cup booster couple days ago. But and it's yeah, so I'm I'm you know, I see it as common sense to get that and it's about, you know, keeping my eighty four year old mum safe and keeping my kids healthy, which is ironic because I'm gonna help. Um and it's um I see it as a team thing. Like we yeah, so I'm I'm very pro but I and I don't I, I know people who are anti-vaxxers, and that's fine. That's their belief. But it's when you get this whole mob mentality, they're losing sight of humanity. And it always makes me think of um, a thing that I think is one of the best pieces of, uh, in, um, say, modern-day movie making. Uh, from Terminator 2, uh, young Eddie Furlong looks up at Schwarzenegger's Terminator and says, we're not going to make it as a race, are we? And he looks into Schwarzenegger and his beautiful you know, Austrian accent. It's in your nature to destroy each other. And it's one of the most damning indictments of humanity I've ever seen. It's so accurate, sadly. Um, if we can get past that and learn to not destroy each other, that'd be great. I'd like that. <laughs> and so, yeah, I would, over the PMs be kind message, no matter what, because you can have, like, you, you see it in Parliament, you, sometimes you see good debate, like good intelligent debate, point on point, it's great. But the, the crap slinging is just, can you just get on with rip, just get on with running the And, um, yeah, so, yeah, if, um, a be kind and be positive about them be always a good message to take home, but but without um having roasted the vegetables, yeah, unreal. If that made any sense, it did. So how how do we get past that inevitable or otherwise inevitable? Can we use the pandemic for good? Are other lessons that we can take from the pandemic for those bigger sorts of challenges we face: climate change, social injustice, because we can't fix any of those by staying at home and writing music or watching Netflix. Can we right, take yeah. something from it? Um, yeah, well, the, we are, the, the basic take-home is that we are all in this. Like, it was, um, to take it from the team of 5 million, five million New Zealand, if you globalise that, that's, um, that's, that strategy from the Prime Minister into a global thing, um, it's, it, it dovetails really in with the, um, the youth green movement, um, the youth environmental, youth <laughs> environment, um, uh, environmental movement. Um, uh, there is no planet B, yeah? And that I can be seeing that slogan on boards years ago. And it's you know, so the environmental climate change thing is so the team bonding thing is a way because um, there are always going to be dissenters, like with the, the, the coming to the vaccination thing. There are always people, people who just say no for sake of, you know, I'm an individual. I'm not, you know, those sort of people who, who revel in being contrary because they might be in their dicks. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> call us spade a spade. Um, uh, I always want to do a plain speaking news. A news that uses, you know, state speak. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what your censorship is in terms of language, but um, 
I would love to you know, do the news and speak as I usually speak off camera. Um, City councillor today did a really stupid thing. But that, mm, but, but that was funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we could, yeah, if we take global messages of being better people and striving to be better, surely they can help. Call me naive, um, but surely that can help. And yeah, and again, the, if you take the yeah the whole I've lost, I've derailed my train. Um, in terms of climate change and yeah, better social justice. If we remember that we're all human, we all bleed red. You know, no matter skin color, religion, or lack of it, um, we're all human. And if we start treating each other like humans, like you treat your enemy like your best friend in some ways. Um, you can have a philosophical viewpoint, but not actually, yeah, just not giving to hate. It's boring. Does that make any sense? It made a lot of sense. We have some questions to end the show with. Mm-hmm. And I've got no idea how long we've got because I forgot to time your... Oh. <laughs> I forgot to time your live music. So we're just going to wing it. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Uh, personally or... Um Anything you like. Job. Finding my soulmate, 100%. Finding, uh, there's an, a, a song of uh, puzzle pieces that I wrote, oh, I'm about three or four weeks old, and it's um, um, in a, in a, a voicemail, a message chat, Bride described me as the most missing puzzle piece, and uh, oh my God, perfect, I'm going to use that. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, and it's, it, finding my miss, missing puzzle piece, finding, like, with no disrespect to the mother of my children, Someone else I had a, a long-term relationship. Um, after meeting Briar and falling in love with her, I now know what love is. It's phenomenal. So we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that mm-hmm. team. What's your superpower? What's got oh. you into the mansion? You tell me. <laughs> uh, I am flattered and honoured to be a part of that. Seriously, that's, um, that's kind of cool. I don't know. Um, what is my superpower? I would say humility, but it's not right. Um, <laughs> Massive humility. Uh, I, I, <laughs> to, to, to quote, to misquote Trump, I'm the most humble. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are. Um, um, I don't know. I just like being the best human I can be and trying to encourage others to be the best human they can be. So just, you know, like, like with uh, my sons, um, raising, having, setting a bar of behaviour expectations and gradually raising it. So to encourage him to be the best, if I can, um, when I shuffle off this mortal coil, if I can leave two well-adjusted, fully self-actuated boys who are good for their partners, regardless if they go for a same-sex um, partner or a straight partner, um, as long as they're the best people in the world, um, they don't hate and they don't, like you can be you can discriminate people and you can be angry at people, but you don't take anger out on people. So it's, um, I, I don't take, um, I take things like um, that tattoo, see that there. Yeah, which you can't see it on radio. Um, I take that really seriously. Like, um, I, I got made an ambassador, um, a white woman ambassador. Uh, I I didn't tell anyone for three months because I thought I'm not good enough. Asked and counseled from other people, and they said, yeah, you are good enough. Go for it. And so when I got made an ambassador, I got a white woman tattoo in my arm. And it's, um, if I can embed that cope up into my sons, um, I'll be happy. That's great. That Leads into this next question then. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? I'm a, I'm a passive aggressivist. No, um, no. Um, God, uh, I don't know. I always love the expression "slacktivist." I love that so much because it's um, yeah, it implies the person's a bit lazy. Um, I, I equate that 
some ways is being asked from a Christian. Uh, I would always say, no, it's not good enough. Um, and so I don't think I'm doing enough to be an activist, if that makes sense. I have a social conscience, and I believe the world needs to be a better place or it's going to go to hell in a handbasket. Um, do I have all the answers? No. Does any one person? No. Do we, have a, do we as a collective hive mind have all the answers? I bloody well hope so. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? For many years, I didn't. I didn't know, um, but um, there's a thing, a thing Bryce said to me a while back that her, her late father, it's in a song, I've I used the words, you may have known, like, take a breath, not choke up, said, um, her dad died in shoot. And in the song Flamingo, this game on the old black and black, um, uh, the line, uh, your late father often said, if you can't get out of, can't stand on your own two feet and you get out of bed, why bother standing? And so you, it's, again, it's a choice, it's not a, it's not a choice. If you've got people who love who love you and depend on you and who you love and you depend on them, then you don't you, you you get your two feet and stand up no matter what. You stand up for for yourself and your family and for being the best person you can be that day. That's pretty good motivation, all right. What's the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Uh, growing as a person continually. Um, continue, yeah, like I, I, uh, years ago, I've gone through a more than a decade of therapy um and it's yeah it's helpful um and so I, I yeah i don't know just yeah continuing my journey continuing to be the best person i can be um potentially moving jobs potentially you know getting because I, I like what i'm doing um, i do what i do well um but i fear stagnation and and nearly lastly do you have any advice for our listeners Host of the best political campaign in the world, the best slogan ever and reason and best rule of life is don't be a dick. Be be true to yourself. Don't crap on people for ridiculous. Um, yeah. And if you're if you're in trouble, reach out. Always. There are always people who if you um there are always people who will help you up if you need it. And really lastly, is there anything else blindingly obvious that you'd like to say that I haven't asked? <laughs> Oh, my copyright there. Oh, my <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, my inner my inner fool says, "Be excellent to to each other and party on, dudes." <laughs> Thank you for that, Moira. I watched that. I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, or tried to recently, and I don't know what I saw in it. At the time, I thought it was a great movie. I first watched it, and I watched it, and I went, "That's actually complete crap." What I was <laughs> Daryl, um, thank you for being a storyteller, not just telling other people's stories, but also telling your own so that I guess the music's got this beautiful way of letting us know that other people are going through the same stuff we are, the good and the bad. So you, you tell stories in so many ways and that's, I think, the greatest gift to humanity and thank you for your goodness and for, for the way that you hold people's mana and... Um, and for the commitment that you've made to being a storyteller. We appreciate you. Thanks for joining us today. Sure, appreciate We're going out to another of your songs. What are we going out to? Uh, a song called Flamingo. Um, there's a, yeah, um, yeah. I had a flamingo on my left arm. Uh, it was my first tattoo, and you can see uh, <laughs> um, I've I've loved flamingos for years. Uh, I found it just because they're pretty and pink and stuff. Um, so manly. Um, and then I found out... Um, over the last few years, that uh, flamingo fathers are the most protected ever imagined, and I kind of like to roll my 
Um, so this is uh, something I mentioned earlier. Um, oh, here, let me go. Your late father often said, if you can't stand up on your own to feed when you get out of bed, that you don't stand for anything. You don't stand for anything Domingo stands so strong They can do it on one leg Big wings providing shelter to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world, brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tom McKenzie. This is Daryl Baser with Flamingo. Started out live, but we mushed it into the version of his new album, Voicemails to My Fiance, released last weekend. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani, and we've been joined by Daryl Baser in Kenmuir. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. To be the best man that I can 
least I can To be the best man that I can Flamingo stands so strong They can do it on one leg Pink wings providing shelter For loved ones in their care For loved ones in their care This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.